Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got to be so confident. In this episode, I chat with internet radio host Tess Line. We talk about the five questions to ask yourself when you feel you're experiencing a low, how confidence is kindness, giving yourself the room to fail and then grow, and so much more. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Tess Line. Okay, now, okay, thank God I love fucking looked down. It wasn't recording. Okay, starting okay. over. <laughs> well, I'm glad I only got like two sentences in there. Oh, yeah, shit. okay. Hey, Tess, let's, do, wait, do you prefer Tess or Tessa? Uh, Tess, Tessa, Tessie, the whole thing works. Doesn't okay. matter. Uh, and last name, say, say it again. Or Line. do you want to go by Tess Curious? So Tess Curious is just the name I use for everything because it rhymes and it sounds good. Tessa Line is is my name. And a the line. Name that... It's spelled so cool too. Um. L- yeah, L-Y-N-E. It's uh, originally French or Danish. So if you trace it far enough back, I think it's Danish. But I think probably my ancestors went on a bit of a romp because and I think they were probably Saxon or Viking or something because there's a town in... Uh, Denmark called Line. There's a, two places in France called Line, and then there's a town in England called Ashton Underline. Uh, and then you get to where I'm from in Ireland, and uh, there's a bunch of lines where I'm from. So it's it's great. I, yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, just Tessa Line. Uh, Tess Curious doesn't really matter. Uh, just it's it's all good. Yeah. Um, and we were talking before I realized that I wasn't recording audio. Thankfully, I caught that. Um that Tess doesn't use her photo and we were talking about why that is so uh yeah so (laughs) there is a very funny thing um and it's definitely linked to kind of the Irish psyche where there's something about putting oneself out there which is very scary and intimidating that's universal uh there is a performer and entertainer in Ireland called Blind Boy Boat Club have you ever heard of him never Okay, so there was this band a couple of years ago um, who released a song called Horse Outside. They were the rubber bandits. You've probably heard the song uh, some way perform. It did go like worldwide viral. Mm. Uh, but one of those members out of the two, so there's Blind Boy Boat Club and uh, uh, Mr. Chrome is the other guy. But Blind Boy is an author now and he, he has his own show and everything like that. Um, not a TV show, a podcast. And... He wears a plastic bag on his head. Even during like public interviews in public, um, when he has to sign books and stuff, plastic bag on his head. And his description for that is, I don't want to go to the shop and for people to see me buying toilet roll, Uh, which I think is kind of funny. So my thing is kind of connected to that in that I don't really do what I'm doing because I want people to know who I am. I put my name there because if I'm asking a person to share a part of themselves with me, I think the least I can do is share my name. And also my name is a kind of a hard fought thing because if you listen to my voice, you're like, huh, Tess. Yeah, I'm trans. So my name isn't the name that I was born with. It's the name that I chose. Yeah. Um, and the story behind my name is that every single year I go to a novena. So I'm not a religious person, but I go to a novena or I used to before the pandemic. Um go to a novena with my mom one night every year because she prayed 
uh, to have a kid. And more specifically, she prayed to have a boy, which I'm like, I kind of blame the Catholic Church for me being trans. Um, but it's to uh, Saint Teresa. And Tessa is a version of Saint Teresa. Uh, it's a South African version of the name. So it, I took that to kind of symbolize, well, this is what my parents wanted and this is who I became. Tessa also means reaper, which is really cool. Yeah, that's um, badass. Yeah, that's badass. <laughs> uh, so inside that then, um, I, I fought to secure my name, but my appearance and how I look, I leave my camera on in every single interview I ever do so that the person I'm talking to can see it. But that's all I'm there for. I'm there for that person. I'm not there so that people can go, wow, that's Tess. Oh, come up to me on the street. Let's take a photo. I don't care. <laughs> like, it, it, I want... I want to be known for the work that I do in that I want to make good work that people care about and that makes people's lives better. And that's very sounds very noble and grand, but I just mean that if you listen to it and it makes you smile, that's great. I'm not doing it for a kind of fame or fortune or any sort of, uh, I don't know how else to describe it, but like personality. I don't want yeah. to call the personality around it. And I think removing my image from that is symbolic in that. Um, not that I'm ashamed of what I look like. I think I look great, but it's just like, I don't want that to be the thing that people think of. They're like, oh, that's this person. Right. Um, and it's funny because people will always be curious, but most of the icon, my, the icon for my show and most of my social media is a question mark. And it's a question mark with a bunch of layers behind it. And maybe someday I will uh, show my face. And when I'm doing something, maybe like acting, because I want to be an actress, or if I'm like directing or something like that, I will show my face. But for now, I think there's something to that um, ambiguity that is uh, alluring and sexy and yeah. also a tiny bit like, um, why do you do that? And like, so I could go on a five minute rant about myself. That's yeah, that's the point. Uh, yeah. Tess and I know each other um, because I did Tess's podcast and called The Curiosity Project. And it was such a fucking wonderful experience. And uh, it came at a time that, like, I really needed it. And um, I was like, well, this was terrific. I have to have you on my podcast. And she agreed to do it. So that's why we're here now. Um, that's really cool about not showing your face. I mean, when you become an actress, you're, you know, going to have to show. I mean, unless you're not. Unless you're going to be an actress who doesn't show her face. Yeah, which would be really cool. That would be really uh, interesting. But I think inevitably I will. Though I'm of the opinion, I'm of a more traditionalist opinion in acting that I think actors and actresses can play, like especially gender diverse actors and actresses should be able to play roles of like men and women. Like I think I would make a fucking kick-ass preacher. Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> if I was ever in a TV show. I have the like religious curiosity for it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that's part of it that like when people don't know me, um, I can be anyone and I can be any character. And if they don't know what I look like in normality, if I never do an interview looking the way I look normally, I can go into a character and I can be that character and that's it. And no one can right. ever see me any other way. Um, yeah. So that's also a part of it. Yeah, that's rad. Um, okay. Starting off, what does confidence, how do you define confidence? What does confidence mean to you when you think about it? Confidence is kindness. Ooh, that's the first Con time I've heard that. 
Yeah, because this is a concept I, I was thinking about. Because confidence can't be something like an elevated sense of self-worth. I know a lot of people who are very down on themselves and very angry um, at themselves for various different things or, are, uh, you know, don't have a lot of belief uh, in themselves. But for me, anyway, confidence is kindness. It's the ability to say to oneself, you deserve this opportunity and you're strong enough for any outcome that it brings. And so for me, confidence means I can do this and if it fails, that's okay. Uh, I had this funny realization uh, probably about two years ago in the middle of my undergrad where I realized that I was failing a lot. Like I wasn't failing academically. My results academically are something I'm extremely proud of. I'm, I'm, I recently graduated from my master's program and I did really well. Wait, um, you graduated from your master's? Yeah, I graduated from a master's in government and you're... politics. Do you 20... wait? Do you not want to say your age? Sorry. No, I'm t I'm 22 years old. Okay, that's uh, wild that you graduated. You got your master's and you're 22. So. Yeah, that's... and I like I graduated with a like full GPA and all that stuff. Of course. You uh, <laughs> thanks. You're one of the smart. You're one of the smartest people I've ever talked to. So. Oh, th well, that is an extreme compliment. Thank you so much. It's the truth. It's it's weird to get compliments, um, <laughs> especially like. Okay, so in Ireland, we don't, as a society, compliment one another. This is something that when Americans come to Ireland, they notice quite often. If you mm. move here, we don't compliment one another. I, may, I have to make a point in my life to compliment the people I care about. I had this realization when I was 16 years old that I, hadn't, I didn't actually remember the last time that I told my mom that I loved her. And so I made a point from that thing onwards. Okay, I have to start saying I love you to my mom and my dad and my siblings and, and the people around me and like... If I meet like a random stranger on the street and they're really cool, I love that person because love isn't like an like a oh I have to got this tiny parcel of love. But in Ireland, we seem to think that like if you believe in yourself enough, if you are overconfident in yourself enough, then you will inevitably fail because the kar karmic balance of the universe will bring you down. And if other people see you succeeding, this is a notable thing, unfortunately. Um, no, notable enough that several members of like Irish media have mentioned this. People kind of get angry at you for being successful, and um, I think that that's interesting because I interviewed uh, someone from Australia, and they said the same. They had the same kind of thing in Australia of this like tall. What do you call it? Tall poppy syndrome or something? Where it's like something you you are like envious or of other people or you don't talk about your successes because it makes you seem prideful and boastful and I was like wow he was talking a lot about that so it's interesting that it's also something that that's in Ireland as well it sounds like yeah it, hugely uh, to the point where like some people stay out of the public eye because they they can't take the fact that it's like or if a, in, in traditional so social circles um if some person let's say gives up drinking or they get a new job or something that that person then has this concept of like notions they have notions about themselves that they're somehow better and they think they're better than us when in reality i had to almost train myself out of that being like no a person being happy and being successful and being beautiful and radiant in who they are is good and they're yeah. allowed to be proud of that um <laughs> so yeah like confidence for me can't be because I know many people even inside this social structure that are super confident 
And yeah, confidence has to be kindness. It has to be the ability to say to oneself, you got this. You're allowed to do this. Not only are you deservant of love, but even if you fail, if you fall on your ass, you'll be fine. Um, I Just to connect it back, I didn't realize I had been failing when I was in the second year of college. I'd been failing at things like, you know, socially, maybe I, I'm wasn't being as proactive with joining clubs and societies or I maybe had a limited group of friends or that sort of thing. Yeah. But things that I wanted to do that I didn't achieve. But I hadn't realized that I had been quote unquote failing at them because I was just like, hell yeah, I'm going to do this. And it didn't work out. Next thing. Mm. And next thing. Com- confidence allowed me to do that. It allowed me to say, okay, well, this isn't actually a failure. This is just iteration one in the grand Tessa plan for... I don't know, yeah. world domination or something. Yeah, but like it sounds like especially in Ireland that that is a unique quality that like other people around you might not experience confidence the same way or might not experience failure the same way as you. Like, like for instance, when you started making it um, – uh making a point to say i love you to your your mom your dad your friends your peers whatever um was that jarring to those people was that like off-putting in any way to those people hugely even now i've been doing this now uh, i've been saying i love you to people for (laughs) like six years now and even still people get reticent to respond. They don't know how to respond, really. Right. Um, and it's kind of a weird, like, wh- why? Why are you saying this? What are you doing this for? Yeah. Uh, and it's something to do with small communities, I think, because, I mean, the town where I'm from has 250,000 people, which is big, but it's nothing compared to a city, let's say, like Manhattan or Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it is possible to not know people in the city that you exist in. Um in New York. It's certainly not possible where I'm from. Mm. Everyone knows everyone. There's no more than five connections away from anyone else in the city. So um, like if you were the person who's saying, I love you a lot, uh, no one else in their circle is doing that. And if they, if you're saying, let's say I, I say, I love you to a friend of mine and they're surrounded by their friends, suddenly that's like, well, what does that mean? Why are you doing that? Are you, interested in one another is there no when it sometimes it's just an innocuous love right love has the connotation of romantic love right when sometimes love is just love love is just i love you i think you're amazing you are beautiful and i want you to succeed yeah Uh, but that's that's not a very common concept well then how do you deal with that and when like does that make you feel ostracized or like do you change your personality in any way because of that or are you just like okay well then they fucking they don't understand me and that's fine and that's it a a bit of both where it's like like even now (laughs) so i'm a very like physically affectionate person right i give hugs to people a lot me too well i Uh, used to before covid yeah but you, you know what i mean uh, we will assume that this will all blow over. So in the in the far flung future, when people are listening to us, and I, like I do give hugs quite a lot, uh, but even now I've been giving hugs for a long time, and my dad's like I'm not a hugger. You know what I mean? Like I, I he will give me a hug because he's my dad and he loves me, uh, but he do, he isn't comfortable in that space. 
um because that's kind of the generation that we like that existed before me and that's the generation i kind of grew up in as well physical affection is not a thing here and neither is confidence like Mm. to be confident is to be bad is to be negative in some way to believe in oneself is an almost negative quality and i don't mean to describe ireland as this archaic place it's beautiful (laughs) and gorgeous and i love it more than i can say it's one of my favorite places in the world but this is kind of a quirk in irish society where when people leave it uh they're is a sense of begrudgery you leave the country to go somewhere else because somewhere else is better and then you leave people behind and people feel left behind or you get a better job quote unquote people feel left behind people want you to be the same social standing as them or they feel like maybe there's a lack of empathy or something i don't know i wonder where that stems from because it sounds like it's like a fear-based thing ultimately it's like I'm scared of change. I'm scared of you leaving. I'm scared of you succeeding and then me failing. I'm like, cause like, why else would you have this negative association with someone being confident and succeeding other than you're fearful, right? Or is there something that I'm missing? No, I think it is something to do with fear. Um, <laughs> it's funny cause when Americans come to Ireland, Irish people go, wow those americans they're super loud and they talk about themselves a lot uh and it's like that that's a negative thing Mm -hmm. i'm like i fucking love that (laughs) i've had some of the best conversations with people in college with americans because um i it does come from fear but it also comes from a sense of like community there's a very strong sense of community here and if you're the same as everyone else it's easy to ingratiate yourself with members of your community Mm. This happens in college as well. So when I was in my undergrad, I uh, saw what college was about here. Um, there's a, a very strong drinking culture in Ireland, uh, which is uh, has traveled across the world. That people think it's not as bad as people think it is. But it's I mean, a lot of the social events involve alcohol and I don't mm. drink. Right. So like I've never touched alcohol. I will never touch alcohol. Why? Just wondering. Oh, um, it's like. I just don't think it's something for me, you know, okay. like I, it's, it's nothing. There's no serious thing about it. It's just, right. I've seen the results of alcohol on people and I'm like, no, I think that's, that's not for me. Um, <laughs> oh God, and, you're and, smart. I'm like, that doesn't seem like it's for me, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like 3 PM, a bourbon at 3 PM on a Sunday does sound refreshing, but I think I'll stick with my, uh, like orange juice. Uh, or whatever yeah but i made a point when i went into college to be like okay i'll go to one event one alcohol-based event where i'm not going to drink but i'll just go and i hated it i was like this is boring um and people are more honest when they're drunk which is fantastic but they're that not really talking they're not really talking about anything meaningful um so what i did then was i made a point of going sitting at the front of our lecture theaters alongside the mature students who had been around a while because no one, no one, when you're like a, a fresher, as they're called, talks to the mature students. It's like, oh, the pariahs. Uh, no, they're just people. And they actually love when you talk to them. And then I started putting up my hand all the time. <laughs> like, oh, what does this mean? What? Uh, and I, I actually got told once, a girl came up to me after one of my lectures. And she was like, can you shut up? Like, can you, act, can you stop asking, me, uh, asking questions and shut up? I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. Wait, one of your peers said that? 
Well, I mean, I didn't really know her very well. She was in the lecture. Was she being serious or was she joking? Yeah. No, fully deadly serious. What Will a you... bitch. <laughs> do you know what? Subsequently, I found out she's a very nice person. Oh, well, uh, that's a bitchy thing to do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it, it, I mean, in retrospect, yes. But I think it was because I was relentless in my pursuit for I want to know this. And giving myself the confidence. That's why confidence has to be kindness. Because at the time, I had come from... Um, a secondary school experience or a high school experience where my academic results were not in line at all with quote, my quote unquote potential, which is mm. a bullshit statement. But I came into college feeling like I had something to prove. So I went into college and I was like, I'm going to ask every single question and I'm going to do as well as I possibly can. And that, that, that had to be kindness fueling me there because it was, you are worthless and terrible and all of these things, anxious thoughts uh, coming from high school into do everything, everything you possibly can to be successful and, and beautiful. Uh, and yeah. Well, think... also you're paying for going to college, right? Like, or interesting thing in Ireland, you know? we have a program called the Susie program. So I, I come from a, like a disadvantaged background. So if your yeah. parents don't earn a certain amount of money, you go to college for free. And so <sighs> God, the United States, <laughs> needs to work its education <laughs> system out um well that great i'm glad that you got to go for free that's incredible i had to pay for my masters um but okay. it, it was still i believe how much is a masters in the u.s i don't know <laughs> i don't uh, well, have one <laughs> it's seven i think it's the equivalent of like eight thousand dollars was how much i paid for a master's oh here. it's much more here it's like 30 grand a year, $30,000 a year or something. Um, it's very expensive. So I paid 7,000 total. Um, it's funny that you said at the very beginning that you came onto my show at a point in your life where you really needed it because yeah. I am entering this space and on your amazing show at a point in my life where I'm, I kind of need, uh, need this in that, so I'll describe where I am. I yeah, am finished college, right? So mm -hmm. this kind of direction that I've had for four years, this purpose, this these skills that I've built up. Um, I finished college in October and I have not been able to get a job. So I'm on unemployment, which is there's a certain psychological thing to being unemployment, which is like, oh, you're a failure. You're, you know, X, Y, Z. And uh then I'm also like at a point in my show where people are now getting to go back to work. So it's difficult to get people on my show, especially for what my show is, which is, you know, not the most traditional um, internet radio experience. And yet here I am trying to build up momentum once again to get back into the creative mindset. And the last couple of days especially have been... Uh, did you hear that? Yeah, what was it? Uh, that was a, a painting that fell off the wall. Uh, I think that's a sign that I should keep going. Uh, so, <laughs> What painting was it? Uh, so it is a painting of the Irish Proclamation of Independence uh, that fell off the wall. And um, yeah, it heard that I was just talking shit and it fell off the wall. I mean, so. I don't know. I'm not here to... I'm not a zen master or woo-woo I mean, I am a woo-woo person. I'm not a psychic, but man, that's a sign if I've ever seen one. 
Yeah. <laughs> Keep going. So, Keep going. So, so uh, yeah, I, I haven't been able to find work and I've been unable to find guests for my show. Uh, and like I've been, you know, all of these negative things have been happening. I'm in a new space, which is nice in the middle of a pandemic. Um, I got to move house. Oh, wait, um, you did since I've last talked to you? Yeah, so this is a, a new space. Oh my gosh. Um, so I am in a new space, which is has kind of reinvigorated me, but it's also added so much more to isolation and loneliness. And so to be all of these things, anxious and angry and, and fearful of the future, and then to be told, well, no, you are actually confident and I want to talk to you is an amazing gift to be given. Uh, so thank you for that, I think. No, thank you for being here. I think, you know, in regards to a little bit how you're feeling, I mean, we're in the middle of a global fucking pandemic. Everything has sh- has been shaken up. Everything we thought was a given is no longer a given, right? Like going out to restaurants, that's a very small example of it, but it's like our world has changed so dramatically. So these anxious feelings that you have, you know, they're shared by the collective. It's like a collective trauma. So I know I'm not a therapist, but, you know, we're going to go through these ebbs and flows and these hard times and these times of feeling creatively stifled or, you know, unemployment. I was on unemployment too. Like I totally understand that. Um, and I just don't want you to be too hard on yourself because I love you so much. <laughs> Thank I love you too. Like it is just a wonderful experience to actually be here and, and talk to you and feel productive while I'm doing it as well. But it's interesting because it, it ties into this concept, uh, this Tibetan Buddhism concept called bardo. Have you ever heard of bardo before? No. So bardo is the liminal space between lives, right? So Buddhists believe, uh, certain Buddhist sects believe in uh, reincarnation and between your reincarnated body and your elevation to whatever form. I'm not a master of Buddhism by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just aware of this concept because it, it helps me. And there is this stage, this liminal stage called Bardo. And in Bardo, all of your fears and worries and wants are weighed. Everything is in almost stasis, but it's it's like an, a glacier slowly moving. You don't know that things are shifting for you, but they are. And it's almost imperceptible movement. And uh, in terms of like just generalized concepts, bardo means the space between two periods of one's life. It's a transition period, which is good. I mean, for me being trans, but also at this very moment in my life, I am in a transition period between this academic blockade and whatever future is there for me. And I am not fearful in the slightest of that there will be no end. But I'm fearful of how long this bardic state would last. And there's some beautiful artwork. So this is a thing that I am super interested in, which I will go on a tiny bit of a rant about. Please do. I love art so much. I love it so much. And it inspires me and it's beautiful and wonderful. And you were Um, an art history major in college? Or... Uh, no, art history it? is just a thing that I just picked oh, up. Oh, I thought uh, you studied it in college. Uh, I studied um, uh, two modules of art history for my history undergrad. Got it. Uh, and I went to Rome to study art as well. Got for it. Like, for, uh, we did like a five-day retreat in Rome. It was incredible. But one of the things I've been doing to kind of 
sued this bardic state or the state of bardo that i am in is i have been looking up art of uh slow movement so to give you an example of this there's this painter painter who is my favorite painter i think at the present moment or of all time maybe uh called ivozovsky ivan ivozovsky and he has this painting uh well he has 50 paintings called the shipwreck but there is one specific painting called the shipwreck in which a ship is submerged under the water uh, under the water and all of the souls are reaching toward the skyline even though they are dead so it's their transition between life and death and that painting in particular which is quite morbid has been very inspirational for me because for Ivozovsky in that moment he paints by the way this blue ocean like cream with beautiful like there's amber tinges to the sunlight above them there is uh, azure blue centers where the souls illuminate the water nearest for these souls even death is not the end even being trapped underneath the sea for their one purpose in life which was to be sailors of this ship this is not the end something new is coming um and it's a very morbid example but it's it's something that has been like at least somewhat invigorating me um throughout all of this peer uh peer fear and panic and anxiety um yeah you're in you're at such an interesting time in your life to be in the middle of a global pandemic right like you're it's like you're in two different transitions you're in a transition from your academic life to whatever future you want to make for yourself and then in addition the world is in a transition actually in a pause really until it moves on to the next phase so it's like you're double in like this like stuck quote-unquote space you know so I can imagine that feels stifling and scary like you're talking about um I was gonna I I love you I just have to say I love you because we've already like talked for like 30 minutes and I'm like on question two um which was kind of similar to how ours was you were like just so you know this is question three (laughs) yeah yeah um okay so now that we've defined confidence as kindness right do you consider yourself a confident person? Extremely. Um, based on all the parameters I've previously outlined in terms of like who I am, one will imagine that I do not have a sense of self-confidence, which is beaming, um, especially being like physically where I am in my transition and like for spending a lot of my life in a body that I was uncomfortable with. I do not have any physical appreciation but I am kind. I have always been kind. And I've always been kind to myself with relation to other people. Not necessarily with relation to myself, if that makes sense. So to mm-hmm. give you an example, if there's an opportunity, I will always go for it. I'm never going to write myself off. The worst thing I, another person can say is no. And to quote someone from uh, like an incredibly intelligent and smart um, creator of a, a short series of... Uh, he's an anim- He's a writer, he's an animator, he's a voice actor, his name is Jason Waite, he's awesome. Uh, he said that other people's opinions are sterile. So if a person says no, nothing happens. You, they just say no and you move on. But like, if I make a mistake to myself, I'm very, like, I lock down and I'll say, okay, why the fuck did you do that, you know? 
instead of saying why the fuck are you so confident why the fuck did you just do that at all um and i'm quite hard on myself with that i do suffer with anxiety and like everything that comes with that mm-hmm. and i i'm depressed like <laughs> there's a lot of things that would say no in the traditional definitions of confidence i would not be um but when it came to kindness and uh, giving myself the room to grow and to evolve and to be different and to tackle the opportunities that are presented to me yes i would consider myself uh, a very confident person because i know that i will make mistakes and that's okay because if i didn't make any mistakes i wouldn't learn anything and i would be a very boring person to to talk to and to be around the most boring people never make mistakes so oh i have to write that down hold on <laughs> um so so have you always been confident like as a kid were you you were kind i'm assuming did you have a different were you was your confidence in a different state as a youngster than it is now yeah so it, i've been on an interesting let's call it like confidence journey yeah where as a kid my confidence came from pure blissful ignorance i was the best in the world because there was no world it was simply me so therefore i had to be the best and i wasn't the best in a kind of a hubris sense i was the best in a kind of I'm a child and I don't know what it means to right. be bad at anything. Um, and I was confident at that and I would ask questions. Uh, I, my, my dad has a kind of a n- notorious story where at the age of four, I was sitting in the car with him. We were driving somewhere and I turned to him and I asked, Dad, do I, I think I told you this on my show. I'm going to tell. Uh, Say it again. Yeah. Um, Dad, do I... Does God control us in the same way that I control Homer in Simpsons Hit and Run? Uh, Because I was like, there's nothing wrong with this question. And there is many moments at that where I would ask questions of people, not necessarily without tact or to inflict wound or harm, but because I just wanted to know. And I I was confident that this would be an amazing topic of discussion. Um, I believe my dad's response was, you are four years old. This is an existential question that you do, do not need to answer for a little bit. Of course uh, you were asking existential questions as a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we get to like when I was a teenager and with everything that was going on from the ages of about 14 to 16, which I think is the case for everyone, I had a lot of like internalized anger and I had a lot of anger around kind of being trans because that's when the ideas started to percolate in one system of maybe I'm not the way I should be. Maybe there's Mm -hmm. something not necessarily wrong with me, but something needs to change within me for me to be my fullest and uh, let's say most truest self. And so from the age of 14 to 16, there was a lot of inner anger and turmoil. I was still kind, but I was also maybe tactless and I, I couldn't have been confident in the same way anymore i wasn't confident i was shy i also had I just survived a, a period of bullying and extreme like let's say trauma from that where in primary school i or, um i don't know what you call primary school like yeah yeah like elementary school yeah elementary school uh i was bullied and then uh, we i moved into high school and i was like yeah this is great new start uh, i was put into a class with a bunch of other people with like specific learning needs so it wasn't necessarily something like special needs where one needs 
like additional carers or anything like that, which I don't believe this school had such a, a facility. This was more like, oh, these are the kids with ADHD and dyspraxia. Now, at the time, I had not been diagnosed with anything, but because I was socially stunted as a result of uh, being bullied, they put they lumped everyone in here to this one class and we were ridiculed by our peers the teachers didn't give a shit about us um i believe one of the teachers i'm not going to use the word because it's a disgusting word but we were called like you know the r slur like we were the r slur class that was us that was our moniker and so uh, for my first year of high school i went through that and that left me with a lot of like trauma and anger and then i moved schools and it took me a while to unpack that and be happy again and be confident in myself again Taz. Um, I'm so sorry. That is fucked up. Uh And you already know this, but you don't deserve that. And you've clearly moved past it and you've dealt with all of those things. But I just feel a need to say that you're an incredibly wonderful, kind, I'm telling you, one of the smartest people I've ever talked to. Emotionally intelligent, um book smart as well but curious person and that teacher can go fuck themselves and you need I'm sure you know that but I just felt the need to tell you that and those whoever is do whatever bullies affected you or were involved in your life they can eat shit and (laughs) literally uh, can yeah and fuck them and you know I know you already know this and you've worked through this but you're incredible and I love you and you're worthy. And I just felt like saying that. Okay. <laughs> thank you. I mean, thank you so much. I could say the exact same. No, to it's you. the truth. It's the truth. Like for me, there was so much of that that was based in like, I know I'm better than this, but everyone doesn't, doesn't see it. Right. And like, I remember we used to do um, physical education to so PE with our uh, well, be like with seventeen-year-olds because they didn't have uh, like the resources or they didn't care enough about us to, for us to do PE by ourselves. So we would be in these locker rooms and we'd be chased around the locker rooms with like um, links cans on fire, um, and like just uh, the more I think about it, the more I'm like this is fucked. Uh, but it left me with a lot of anger that I had to work through. Of course, of course. Yeah. and so it took me a little bit to get there to a point where I was like, no, I'm back to myself now. I'm able to do this. How again. did you, how did you get back to that point? I realized everything that made me, me. So part of this was the full acceptance that no matter who I was, and I wasn't really at 16 ready yet to um, fully accept that I was trans. I had accepted that I was the way I am, but I hadn't accepted that trans was the level that I was comfortable with. But I, I, saw the way I acted before these events, this kind, curious kid who just wanted to love and and be loved. And I saw the way that I was now, which was kind of anger and bitterness and uh, resentment. And I went, these old feelings are still accessible to me. I'm going to just do that. I'm going to make a point of, again, this uh, 16 years old. I'm going to make a point of saying, I love you to my mom and my dad, to the people I meet. I'm going to stop being negative. I'm going to be positive. <laughs> so actually, Lil, my positivity comes a little bit from spite. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. So there's this, there's this teacher. Um, 
who kind of rightfully so when I had moved into uh, a new school, which is an incredible school, uh, a new high school, uh, said to me, wow, Tess, you're like a super like negative person. You complain a lot. But this was when I was like in second year. So I don't know what that is. So I would have been like 13 mm-hmm. or 14 or whatever. Um, or no. So yeah, they said it to me when I was in second year. I was like, fuck, fuck that guy. Uh, and then I got to like 16 when I was going through his revelations. I was like, yeah, he's right. But I am a little bit too prideful of a 16 year old to tell him he's right. So I'm just going to tell him to stay positive every single day. And I did for the duration of my time in school for four years. I said, stay positive every single time I saw him. Um, hell or high water. And that kind of did help actually me a lot. Um to be more positive because I mean I could you can't be in a bad mood and tell someone like stay positive it's a bit petty but it was wonderful <laughs> <laughs> I had such a good time and it didn't hurt anybody so um, do you like attribute this like change from feeling angry and uh I'll just call it feeling angry into being more kind to yourself do you attribute that change to just like self-awareness and being like oh i'm i'm able to tap into these more positive traits of myself that were uh in the past but i can tap into them now or like what would you call it that made that sort of shift so i i think it was something to do with the realization that we are just the continually forming versions of ourselves so the person that was you six years ago is still there and the shitty person that you were i don't know i don't know if you personally have ever been a shitty person oh yeah but (laughs) but you know what i mean like you think back on that shitty person who you were that person is still there as well you are the multitude of every version of yourself you have ever been up until this very point and i made that realization because i was going through all these feelings of um like thinking back on things in my past and realizing my gender identity and realizing that even throughout all of this, the feelings that I had of wanting to be a woman at six or seven were just as valid as they are now. So Mm -hmm. therefore, if that desire was parallel, surely my desire to be kind and confident and the thing that built me up and inspired me and made me curious, those would all still be there as well. And they were, because we can lean into those past selves or past attributes because they're not gone nothing is ever gone the version of ourselves that were shaped by the people that we no longer surround ourselves with are still there the learnings that we got from them are still there um and that's like that was for me so powerful because i was like i can just be who i am again this anger was a temporary phase in my life a, a, a phase that is important because i think everyone deserves to be a shithead when they're a teenager at least sometimes because if you aren't a shithead you don't learn what it means to be a shithead and i wasn't awful but i mean you're a teenager you're gonna say dumb shit you're gonna do dumb shit you're gonna be dumb shit (laughs) you know what i mean there's so many layers to that but you still get to go oh yeah that was that was me hands up that was me but i'm also a kid that at six years old used to look up geography books because i wanted to see volcanoes uh (laughs) i'm a kid that sat down for nine hours with my brother and played through the halo 3 campaign in front of a tiny crt monitor just because we were having so much fun and we didn't move like i'm still that person 
And I'm also the person that will come in the future where I'm talking to you now and in six months time I'll be doing something else. And all of these parts of me are still true because they make up who I am. It's like the ship of Theseus. Mm -hmm. Like you can replace all the parts of the ship of Theseus, but as long as it continually is the ship, as long as it never stops being the ship, it still is the ship of Theseus. And I guess I'm the ship of Tessa in that sense. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, so you graduate high school. Then what happens? You're more, you feel more like yourself. You start, or you tell me, like, what was your journey with transitioning in that period of time? If that's something that you feel comfortable talking about or want to talk about, what was your relationship to yourself now that you're out of, you know, the fucking hellhole that is high school? So my high school experience after I changed schools after my first year of high school was actually pretty, pretty good. Oh, I mean, good. I, yeah. So why I did got, you change? Why did you change high schools? Because it was they were mean. So in so in that first year where we were called the like Orser and stuff, my parents were like, "Okay, not gonna happen. We're getting you the fuck out of here and into a new school." Well, and thank so, God your parents did that. You know. Yeah, but my parents had been uh, to the principal of the school and had said. We need to move her. She needs to get out of here. And the, the principal was like, no, it's fine. And my parents were like, no, she is coming home crying and upset. And you're not doing anything about this. And so we left. And I, I went into this new school and I met up with the principal. And he said to me, you seem like a very bright young girl. Do you want to go into normal, like mainstream education, just like everyone else? And I was like, Hell yeah, I do. Yeah. And I'm super grateful for that opportunity. So the, the, the latter five years of my time in high school were, I mean, not perfect. It's high school. And I, I still had to come to terms with all of that anger and stuff till I was like halfway through it. Um, but the latter like four years of my time in high school, pretty great. I had a good time. Um, but I still hadn't come to that, that big gender identity thing, um, which was a little bit of a bugbear. <laughs> Didn't go away as one would imagine. And um, so just for people that are listening that are unaware of what being trans is, uh, my gender identity, uh, that is to say my feeling of womanhood, differs from the sex of the body that I was assigned at birth. So when I was born, they picked up this kid and they went, it's a boy. Uh, and then 18 years later, I went, actually, that's not right. You're wrong. Uh, and so... From that point onwards, I made the decision that I wanted to medically transition, which means that I wanted to align the hormones in my body with that of uh, like a cisgendered, that is to say, someone who was born a woman. Um, and like, you don't have to do that, but I, I decided to do that. And so when I went into college, my plan was, I'm going to start transitioning now. And I didn't really know how to do that. So I went to counseling. My university offered uh, LGBT counseling. So I went there. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it was. Uh, I did a lot of crying, a lot of crying um, and therapy because therapy is amazing. If, if you haven't done therapy and you haven't done it before, you should. Uh, I'm just going to drink some water. One drink some water, please. And yes, I am in therapy as well every week, every week since for the past six years, I think. And uh, love it. Love it. But that's so incredible that your, your college uh, provided that service. So then, so in Ireland, it's quite archaic. Um, we have to go in front of a panel of psychologists and prove, quote unquote, that we are trans, 
which is wait for wait to do what like you have to do that for what reason to what to access medical treatment so my medical treatment is free i don't have to pay for it but in order to do that i had to first of all go to counseling and then i had to get a letter from a psychologist to say that i'm trans and then i had to go on a waiting list for 18 months and then i had to see another panel of psychologists who asked me invasive and awful questions uh like really bad questions about things that didn't matter about my gender identity uh, and then i got on hormones and they gave me hormones and wow. I, i've never uh, <laughs> i've never been back they gave yeah. it to me uh, they're actually like the endocrine team at the lachlanstown gender clinic in ireland is great they're amazing medical team is great psychological team can like straight up fall off a cliff i it is so degrading and I'm awful sorry. And like, even when they're told that what they're doing is wrong, they think they know better than the trans people that are actually doing it. Because look, most people don't understand trans issues and that's okay. You don't have to. No one says here is like, you're going to make mistakes. People are going to fuck up on pronouns. People are going to not understand. They're going to say things that are ignorant and bigoted out of pure, just, I don't know. You know, people are just not going to know and that's okay. But these people should know better and yet they still put us through this degrading process um that's a bit of a, a side rant to your question but i felt no like but it it's like it's like listen to the people that this is about listen to you know listen just listen to the person who's speaking listen to transgender people and believe them believe what people are telling you believe transgender people believe um, you know, same like with victims of abuse, believe victims of abuse, believe, you know, members of the BIPOC community when they tell you that racism is in existence, it's an institutionalized thing, believe them. When people tell you these things, listen and believe them, you know? Yeah, like, especially when it comes to, like, uh, people of color and, uh, like, in Ireland, there's this huge thing of like, we're not a racist country. And I believed that we weren't a racist country for a while until I had a friend sit me down and go, no, we are a racist country and here's why. And I was like, okay, we're- Believe, yeah, we yeah. and then you believe that person, you know? Yeah, and um, I did research and I found out all the statistics. They were, if anything, underselling the situation. Um, like, mm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, that was interesting for me because I had two years where or 18 months where, or, or even that entire period, let's say, I did all of this without telling my family. Mm. I, did, I didn't tell my family that I was trans or that I was going to therapy or anything like that. And even as we record this, members of my extended family don't know. Mm -hmm. And that's not because I'm afraid to tell them. It's just like, why do you need to know? Mm -hmm. There are things about my life that are not privy. My pain is not a public work. Not that being trans is a pain, but... You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I shouldn't need to say, okay, hi, like when I want them to use my name and pronouns, great. But I don't talk to most of my extended family anyway, because it's right. a global pandemic. Uh, and it's just, that's a conversation I don't want to have over Zoom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. like, but I then got on hormones or about a month before I was due to pick up my first hormone prescription. I went into my parents' bedroom at 11 o'clock at night, one of the most difficult conversations I've ever had. And I went, mom and dad, I'm trans. 
Uh, and I had known at this point for many, many years, but even revealing it out loud to these people was a big thing. Um, but I, I again, it, tying it back to my opinion on confidence, I was like, I deserve to tell these people this. I deserve the opportunity to reveal my truest self to these people. And I am strong enough that even if they were to do something awful, which they didn't, but if they did, I would be strong enough to survive that. Now, is my family perfect when it comes to my transition? No, but they're wonderful people. I love my family deeply and they love me deeply. And they're not going to be perfect because no one's going to be perfect. And that forms an interesting part of that this kind of confidence profile that we've been sketching out throughout this discussion. And that it adds the shading for a lot of the drawing that I, I've put out there because I get to the end of this journey um, of, of like all of this pain and trying to be confident and kind again. And I just receive confirmation of what I'm going through. Like I get my hormone script. They say, you are in fact trans. Uh, and then my family say, you are in fact trans. And then I say to myself, because my friends had known for years, and like they had known for a long time before my family and then i was able to say to myself well i've kind of made it here and i was kind enough every step of the way to say take the next step it's okay because when if confidence is kindness then taking each step is victory oh my god that was the most beautiful thing i've ever heard okay Hold oh my, thank you okay if confidence is kindness taking each step taking what did you say i fucking don't want to butcher it taking, taking every step, step taking every step is victory yes because each step is another opportunity right and so with each opportunity you're just stronger because i get this opportunity and no matter its outcome i'm strong enough to take its out like no matter what i'm strong enough to take its outcome and that has to be the, the, I think, the healthiest way for me to have confidence anyway. Um, again, I believe that's only question three. <laughs> so, I know, I was... and we hit an hour. So I'm like, I have to, my show is usually like an hour or two, an hour and 20. So I'm like, whoo, I got to make sure we get the questions that we want to talk about, talked about. Um, okay. So did that, when you... Um, told your parents when you told your friends when you got your hormones and started the I can't remember what you called it the phys the physical transition is that what you call uh, yeah what's the proper term okay yeah. um is is are those things things that really helped with your confidence yes because they were external pieces of kindness if that makes sense mm -hmm. so that was other people recognizing my own internal sense of self it was other people inspiring me with confidence because i was believed it's a two-way street then because confidence if when confidence is kindness i have kindness to myself but i become more confident when other people are kind to me i get this opportunity and i'm strong enough for the outcome i keep you have like a you have a supportive community now around you exactly so if i fail just brush the the limit for failure becomes even bigger because you can just pick yourself up again or other people will pick you up if you don't have the strength to do it uh, and that's why supportive communities are so valuable and that's why actually i've noticed there's a huge trend in internet radio at the minute 
of shows like ours where it's yeah. like it's not just talking about the weather or wild wings and wings which uh, or west wing and wings which is a college humor sketch about why you shouldn't make a podcast um <laughs> which i still remember it's like burned into my brain um but it's more like oh okay well who are you tell me about yourself show me your beauty and that is kindness and there's because we need it so much now there's a huge like boon in that there's your show there's my show there is oh wonderful i'm just gonna get the name of it mm -hmm. i listened to it recently and i was very very impressed um i will get the name of it now i'm I'm sorry for doing this live, but I was no, just... No, no, no. You're fine. We love to support other artistic endeavors, especially those that are helpful. Yeah, I like. I listened to it and I was very, very impressed. But I can't... I uh, can't think. Oh, I think it's called... Yeah, yeah. It's the episode I listened to, you were on it. It's called the Self-Esteem Party. Oh, but yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, she's going to be on my podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, like... That is so cool. That's such an amazing show. Yeah. And so like these types of programs where it's all about the depth of soul are elements of this new form confidence where we inspire one another to be more confident because we're just kind because we give the platform, we give this little like, hey, tell me about yourself. Who are you? Yeah. And there's no judgment. Yeah. Yeah, it's like consuming content that is inspiring and healthy and uh, and inspires growth and change and evolution in yourself, which is so important. Um, with your, you mentioned, you touched a little bit on depression and anxiety. Do you go to therapy now? Do you, are you on medication for mental health? Do you meditate? Do you journal? Like what are your sort of go-tos to help your mental state? Because a lot of people that come on this podcast um, talk about, you know, as an artist, I think we're prone to these anxieties and, and this depression. And not to say that people that aren't are not artists don't experience that. You know, it's a universal thing, depression and anxiety. But I know that the people that I've talked to, they've they've experienced their fair share and everybody deals with it differently. What has helped you deal with depression and anxiety? So... I, because of the global situation, I've been unable to access therapy or anything. That's something I want to do in the future. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, my, the worst mental health period I've ever been through in my entire life happened not very long ago. Uh, it happened in December of this year and January, of, uh, in December of last year and, and January of, of this year. And what helped me the most during it was being in nature. And that's really corny. No, it's not. Be, specifically being... So people can't go for walks and stuff or don't go for walks enough. But what I used to do in... Um, so I have dyspraxia, so I can't really journal that well. And my writing is scratchy and it's awful. Um, and that's fine. It's, it, I mean, I don't use it very often. So, um, But what I used to do is I used to go for these walks in the countryside. Even at the pits of my depression where every step was almost agony. And I would open up my phone and I would ask myself uh, five questions, which is, I'll actually get them for you. Yes, get them. I would love to hear them. I wrote them down on my show, uh, on in my phone, because I was like, 
This, I need to check them. I and I send some some of them to my friends. Um, I have a friend who I like exchange voice messages with. Yeah. Um, but specifically sometimes I just record them for myself. And when I'm feeling really bad and they're just gonna be moany, and it's yeah. good to be moany. Uh, I I encourage everyone to have a whinge and a moan. Uh, on a near regular. To have a whinge and a moan. Your Irish is showing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the questions are: How are you feeling this week? How are you feeling right now? What piece of media engaged you most this week? What are you most grateful to yourself for this week? And what are you excited for in the next week? And so to give you an example of answers to that, at the very at the worst day I had during this, I was very like i was suicidal i had a very bad time and i was going for this walk and it was gray skies it seemed as though the grass itself had turned its way away from me like the hedge grows were no longer as beautiful as i saw them the radiance and beauty of the irish countryside seemed dull like even gray rocks seemed ochre and lifeless oh tess i know that feeling yeah I know that feeling and the answer that i gave for what are you most excited for in the next week was I, my mom goes shopping on a Saturday and used to bring home Pekin or still does, even though I'm not living at home anymore, um, bring home Pekin pies. And it was Wednesday and I was like, I am just excited to get my Pekin pie on Saturday and I'll keep going to get that Pekin pie. Um, and just doing that, doing that religious kind of, how am I feeling? Well, I feel shit, terrible, awful. And just being honest and vitriolic about it, screaming to the trees, even though they weren't listening. Fuck you, I feel bad. Um, how am I feeling right now? Usually after doing that question, I felt a little bit better. Uh, what piece of media engaged me more? Well, usually like I play a lot of PlayStation, so it would be a video game or something. And then I would think of something really cool that happened in that video game. And then I'd feel just a little bit better. And then what am I most grateful to myself? Gratitude is the antithesis to depression. So being grateful to oneself is like, okay, what did I do this week? I was kind to myself or I gave myself space to cry or I, I snuggled up with a teddy bear. Um, and what am I most excited for in the next week just makes you want to take a few more steps. And so that's what I do. Uh, when I'm feeling bad as I answer those questions, you made me cry as you were talking about that. Um, Yes, to all those things. Yes, I relate to that. I relate to that feeling where you're like, well, this, everything is less. I'm going to cry again. No, I'm not. I'm going to be fine. You got this. I cry all the time, Tess. It's fine. Um, Everything is less beautiful. Everything just looks and feels less beautiful. And I just want you to know that obviously you know all these things. You're so smart. You don't need me to, to fucking tell you jack shit but like you're not alone in that feeling i just want you to know that first and foremost but you already know that that Um, means a lot um and this antidote of these five questions is brilliant is brilliant and i'm going to write those down i'm going to pop them into my phone and when i'm having one of those days i'm going to go back to those questions and i hope that it's something that people who are listening to this podcast do as well because Man, are those questions so thought out and in exactly what we need in those moments. So Thank good you. on you for like 
being able to take a step back because it's really hard when you're in those spirals or those low lows to be able to take yourself out to do anything, let alone write down a series of questions. That's incredible. Um, Thank you. Uh, well, if I can give a, a little tiny piece of advice by um, B. Dev Walters, who said that if you are feeling like actively low and you want to change that mood almost instantaneously, change your physical space where you are. Just get up and walk around and do some, something. I believe he said like do a jumping jack or something. But if you're like, I am having the worst day of my life. Well, like do the three checks. Am I dehydrated? Am I hungry? Am I tired? Uh, if you can do anything about those, drink a glass of water, take a snack, go for a nap. If you're still feeling like shit afterwards, go for a walk and just, it doesn't have to be anything long. And it could be like, oh, I'm so tired. Just go for a 10 minute walk and do yourself a favor and spot a bird. Look for a single bird or something on that walk. And then when you have the energy, if you, if you have the energy to answer those questions, because sometimes I don't have the energy to answer those yeah, questions. Yeah, and that's okay too. And that's okay too. But knowing that, that it's there to support you when you need it, you know, is really helpful. And man, you're so right about that. Like, did I get enough sleep? Did I eat? Did I, am I dehydrated? Sometimes I'm like, feel like shit. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's because I got no sleep. Like perfect. That, that makes perfect sense. Um, but sometimes we need a little bit more than extra sleep. And those questions are fucking fantastic. Um, do you find that like moving your physical body in a way that feels good to you is helpful for you and your confidence, like going on a walk or I, I, anything else that you do that's physical with your body? So funnily enough, actually, after you came on my show, you yeah. told me about like like free movement meditation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. And I started doing that uh, when I was like, I would go to like reclusive places uh, in, in the countryside and I'd be like, okay, well, I'm going to like move my arms because I mean, when was the last time I did that? And yes, it actually does make yeah. you feel a bit better. And it doesn't matter, like, who gives a shit? Do you think the squirrels are going to laugh at you for moving yeah. your hands? No one cares. Also, this is another huge thing, which is slightly related to confidence, which is not related to necessarily my uh, idea of confidence. But, like, most people don't give a shit about anything that you do, even when they say they, like, do or they mock you over it or whatever. Most people don't give a shit. They no, don't because care. they're too self-involved and like worried about what they're doing to really care. And the people who give a shit about you, if you make a mistake, that's they don't care. Right. They won't care. As long as you atone for it or whatever, if you can. Or if not, most people just forgive anyway. But like, if you're out in the middle of the woods and you're flapping your arms like a chicken, if a farmer sees you from across like a field, first of all, if they have the eyesight to perceive your face, you're fucked anyway. But second of all, <laughs> like they're going to go home and they're going to be like, hey, Maud, I, I saw this crazy girl flapping her arms in the middle of the thing. Oh, yeah. Did you put on dinner? Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, it. Yeah. End, of, end of story. So like, or just sometimes if you're like really tired and then you don't want to go for a walk, even just like flapping your arms or like. Truly, yes. Like it's called, uh, or my therapist calls it this. I don't know if this is the proper term, but authentic movement. And it's um, basically just moving in a way that is pleasing to you. So like it can be sitting in a chair. It can, 
it can and it grows and it changes and maybe you end up on the floor maybe it turns into a stretch or maybe it turns into a shake or maybe it turns into flapping your wings and that's something you can do in the floor of your room you know if like you said if you're just too tired or you don't have the energy to go on a walk maybe you just roll out of bed onto the floor and wiggle like a worm for 30 seconds (laughs) and then go back into bed I swear though it it changes something you know it does. Or what, like, okay, so the funnest coping mechanism I ever came across, right, and I've ever come across, and I, I have only used it twice, but it has made my life so much better, is if you are feeling the worst you have ever felt, ask yourself the question, what is the silliest noise I can make right now? And so to give you an example, I couldn't sleep at like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I just balked like a chicken. I was like, <laughs> hell yeah, let's rock. Another one was... It wasn't like a physical noise that I could make with my body. I was like, I have my phone in front of me. What's a stupid noise that I can Google? What is the noise of two bottles of water clanging together filled with soup? You know, like what what is the stupidest thing that you have access to? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that's where like also and I don't know I'm this is just me assuming but like I'm sure that has something to do with like the ASMR community and like noises within that and I'm sure there's something there. I'm sure that has something to do with, like, feeling good, you know? I don't know much about the ASMR community, but I'm sure there's something to it. It's fascinating. There. It's super oh, fascinating. Yeah. Of course, of course, you have all the knowledge about everything. <laughs> I went on the ASMR Reddit the other day, and I was like, oh, I get it. Like, I didn't realize it's an actual, like, tingle. It gives you, like, or it gives me, like, an actual tingle feeling, some of the, the audio. And I, like, I didn't realize, and I started going through them, and I was like, Oh, this feels nice. This kind of feels like I'm high, but I'm not high. I'm just listening to someone <laughs> whisper. <laughs> yeah, like so for me, it's not like any of the maybe like I don't like paper noises, right. but I, I like I like tapping on cups or whispers, like behind the ear whispers. Whispers get me all me the time. Me too. Like, and I was I, like, I have I had no idea, and I was like, all right, looks like I'm on the ASMR Reddit forums now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty radical. I love ASMR. Uh, like, especially there is a very old ASMR thing, which I don't think was called ASMR at the time, but it was just a, a demo for a binaural audio mm. uh, workshop thing or a software, which was a barber cutting your hair. And it is so good. And every single time I'm like, yes, this oh, rocks. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, binaural beats. There's even just like beats like music like that's not music but it's like sounds binaurally and um you can google it and that's pretty cool as well a lot of good technology to take advantage of for you know feeling good um all right well as we are begin to wrap things up um what is a piece of advice that you would give to someone who is not feeling confident. It can be something that someone has told you or something that you are making up yourself or something that, just some piece of something that you can tell someone who's not feeling confident right now. Do whatever it is you think that you're going to fail at because I guarantee you, you're stronger than you think you are. And how do I know this? Well, because most people are the strength of character that it takes to fail will shape you and make you wonderful in ways that you will never ever imagine if you're feeling like not confident at all then be confident in your ability to fail just go out and 
purposefully fail at something. Just anything. It doesn't have to be anything. Fail at buying a cup of coffee. Go up and ask for a cup of tea when you want a cup of coffee. Just fail and fail and fail. And I guarantee you, eventually, it'll feel so good that you'll want to keep doing it. And then you'll fail at failing. And you'll, be, and it, you'll just be so excited for the next opportunity. Confidence is not something that other people have and you don't. Confidence is just a thing you do sometimes uh, when you want to do something. Ah, I love that one. Confidence is just a thing you do sometimes. Um, okay, I'm going to recap Tess's tips for confidence. And as always, correct me if I'm wrong. I do not want to take anything out of context. Um, so please, if I wrote something down incorrectly, let me know. I'm always open to notes. Okay. Confidence is kindness. If you fail, that's okay. Remember, this is just a transition period. Something new is coming. Find what inspires you, i.e. art for Tess. Follow opportunities. Other people's opinions are sterile. Give yourself the room to grow. The most boring people don't make mistakes. So make some fucking mistakes, people. That was my little added thing. Um, Tess didn't say fucking mistakes. Um, okay. Ask questions. Self-awareness. You are a multitude of your past selves. Loved that. You can just be who you are. You can change your thoughts. If you're not happy in a place, move. That can be physically. That can be your thoughts emotionally. Therapy. Have courage. If confidence is kindness, taking every step is a victory. Fucking quote. I'm going to put that on my wall. Okay. Find a supportive community. Be in nature. Ask yourself questions, i.e. Tessa's five questions that are so fucking good. Gratitude. Huge. Change your physical space to change your mood. Do what you think you'll fail at because you're stronger than you think. And confidence is just a thing you do sometimes. Hell yeah. That's pretty much it. Woo! <gasps> Those were so good. Tess, you had some really good, like, little nuggets. I love when there's, like, a little a little pull quote, you know? I I see that's a thing you do sometimes. I started. I started doing that because people love a, people love a little pull quote. Yeah, it's great. It's yeah. I, I'm glad that you found some of the things I've said inspiring. That's nice. Uh, a lot of the things you say are very inspiring um thank you so much for giving me your time thank you for being here thank you for being yourself your authentic your true self um thank you for existing thank you for being a part of my life and um i said this during your when i when you interviewed me i said this but you're so fucking smart and i say it all the time but you are you. wise beyond your motherfucking years. And I am so lucky that I get to chat with you and experience some moments in this fucking crazy fucked up life with you there because you're just so wonderful and just you've just got so much to offer this fucking crazy planet, man. This I'm actually crying. Um, so thank you. Um, uh, we both cried. We yeah. both cried during this episode. <laughs> you couldn't thanks. make me. You didn't want me to feel alone and crying, so you're shedding some tears. <laughs> yeah. Um. Thank you so much for all, uh, for that for those uh, incredible kind words. Um. That's 
Oh, Tess, uh, it's the truth. I see you. You are just, the way I see you is just with such light and wisdom. Um, Thank you. That's incredibly kind of you. That's so, so kind, genuinely. I needed that today. Like, I spent like four hours of today feeling like absolute trash. <laughs> so, like, I, 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 I know that feeling, man. It's hard. It's this fucking, it's a hard time. It's a hard time. Try to extend yourself some grace because that's what I'm trying to do for me. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? I love to hear from listeners about what has helped you build your confidence, whether it's a favorite book or a mantra or maybe an event you went through. Leave it in the review section for me to check out. And you can also leave in the review section any topics that you would like discussed on the show. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much. 